Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Wealth Planning, Unveiling the Secrets of Wealth Creation. We discuss important topics to help you pursue life's important goals. I'm Lewis Green, a Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager with Green Wealth Management at UBS Financial Services. I am located in New York City and can be reached at 212-713-9281 or at lewis.green at ubs.com. Are you sitting on cash savings right now? Did you sell your business for cash? Did you receive cash as an employee or executive from the acquisition of your company? Did you receive a large inheritance? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, then this episode of Wealth Planning is for you. Deciding what to do with your cash from a liquidity event can be a source of stress for many. However, investing your cash wisely can offer up opportunity. The most important thing is to be aware of the risks and to have a plan on investing your funds over the long run. On today's episode of Wealth Planning, we will explore everything you need to know about investing your cash over the short and long run to help you balance your immediate cash flow needs with your long-term financial goals. I will discuss how much cash you should hold at any time, the risks of holding too much cash, provide you with a framework for investing that cash, and share some thoughts from UBS's chief investment office. I'll also share real-world examples from clients that I work with. Let's get started. A client of mine sold his business for well over $10 million. He founded a technology company in over 10 years, built it to the point where it became an acquisition target for a much larger company, which valued it for its specialized solution set. He sold the company when he was in his late 40s. After the sale, he asked to meet with our team to discuss his cash from the sale. Because he was already a client and because we already did pre-sale planning for him, some of which involves setting up various trusts, we already had a good understanding of how he wanted to invest the money. We knew he was relatively frugal with his money, would continue working at the acquiring firm for the immediate future, and had a long time frame for most of this money. We met with him soon after the proceeds were deposited into his account to get on the same page regarding our plan for investing the money. The markets can be volatile, and we wanted to hear from him as well as share our thoughts regarding deployment of the funds. We started the meeting by going over the things that were most important to him, including his life goals, the people that were most important to him, what he wanted his legacy to be, and his main concerns. He mentioned since he was going to continue to work and live rather frugally, he was okay with any of his immediate cash flow needs. He wanted most of this money to serve as part of a long-term retirement plan. However, he had nephews and nieces who he wanted to help through college, and he might want to start up another company again in the future. As the conversation continued to develop, we established a framework for organizing his financial life. We introduced a strategy to help provide for his short-term expenses over the next three years, a second strategy for his longer-term needs, and a strategy for his needs that go beyond his lifetime. We then drew up a plan for him regarding immediate deployment of the cash along each of those frameworks and presented it to him at a subsequent meeting. To any of our listeners out there with large amounts of cash, here's where you want to pay extra attention. We started out by addressing his immediate and short-term liquidity needs. We built out an emergency fund for him, which consisted mostly of money market holdings. We made sure, however, not to over-allocate to that money market fund above any needs beyond his emergency fund. You see, while it is very important to keep safe and liquid assets on hand to address any emergencies that may suddenly arise, it is also important to consider the impact that inflation has on your wealth. Some of the potential clients I meet with do not consider the long-term impact that inflation has on their purchasing power. Inflation can significantly reduce your purchasing power, so it's important to address that. While interest rates for money market holdings are currently attractive, there is a possibility that today's high interest rates drop in 12 months 
and that could significantly reduce the cash flows provided by a money market fund. Above and beyond the money market fund, we built out a one to 10 year bond ladder that provided an opportunity to lock in attractive interest rates at various maturities to meet any short to medium term needs. We reminded him of his earlier statement regarding starting another company. We took into consideration what a startup cost might be for a business and incorporated those needs as part of the bond portfolio, just in case he decided to start the company within the next five years. We then moved on and demonstrated our ideas for his longer term needs. We knew part of the portfolio was gonna serve as a source of funds for his nieces and nephews education. They were young at the time, almost four and five years old. We also knew part of the portfolio would be designated for retirement, which given his age could be in 30 plus years if he continued to work and or start up another company. As such, we knew it was important to allocate funds to a diversified basket of equities to pursue potentially higher returns versus cash and bonds. Finally, we addressed his needs beyond his lifetime. For his longer term goals, we purchased a sleeve of non-traditional investments, which was not as liquid as his other investments, yet had the potential to provide additional diversification from his traditional investments. We made sure to continue to address his insurance and estate planning needs and pursue charitable planning as well. Regarding immediate investment of his funds, while our approach differs for each of our clients, we felt that given his age and his long-term time frame, risk tolerance and continued employment, the best approach was to invest all his money immediately. We referenced a white paper titled Financial Resilience produced by UBS in January of 2023 that states that for allocations to a balanced portfolio of equities and high quality bonds, investing all at once has outperformed the 12 month phase in approach in 81% of instances since 1945 by an average of four and a half percent. Bad timing risk of being out of the market tends to be more costly than investing just before market decline. However, that same research also states it might make sense to drip into the markets if deposits are fewer, lumpier, or the pain of market losses is greatest. In that instance, it might make some sense to phase in investments consistently, yet speed up investment after a 5% to 10% loss. Now, please email me or call me if you want a copy of the research regarding that publication. Another case study our listeners may benefit from is regarding stock sales from what was formerly restricted stock. A couple of weeks ago, a client of mine sold some restricted stock and sent the proceeds to the account I managed for him. He works at a major technology company here in New York City. Every quarter, this client sells stocks and sends me the proceeds to reinvest. Since I was working with him for a few years, his portfolio was already established and fully invested. However, given the year-to-date rally in the markets and the rally in certain sectors of the markets, notably large-cap technology, we wanted to be very careful about how we reallocated the latest bucket of money. He was young, with considerable earning power, and his plan was already in place. However, we didn't want to just allocate money to the sectors of the market where stocks might be considered expensive. You see, valuation matters over the long run. Warren Buffett once wrote that in the short run, the market is a voting machine, but in the long run, it's a weighing machine. As such, we took current valuations into consideration, as we think you should now as well. Certain sectors of the market have been very hot, and putting money to work in those sectors should only be done after careful consideration regarding how expensive that sector or stock is at the time of purchase. We currently recommend that our clients look for sectors and companies that have lagged the overall market, such as value stocks, and look to deploy their, if not already, over-allocated. That is the approach we used for the cash proceeds from the latest sale of his restricted stock. I recently met with the widow of a long and dear client of mine. I managed the family money for some time. 
she and her husband are extremely smart and sophisticated business owners. However, they didn't spend a ton of time on the investment portfolio that didn't concern the immediate needs of the business. They, however, trusted me and for each meeting, simply asked me to provide a one-page gain and loss report for the previous quarter. Now, most advisors might cringe at this request because we understand a losing quarter does not necessarily mean you are doing something wrong. The markets can move in many ways over a short period of time, and a temporary drop in value from the previous quarter can make for an uncomfortable meeting. Regardless, over the years, the ups and downs balanced each other out, and we built a high level of trust. Unfortunately, he ended up passing away last year, and after a long healing process, we met with his widow to discuss her financial goals for the future. We started with our initial questions. What did she want to accomplish in life? Who are the main people that mattered most to her? What did she want her legacy to be? What were her main concerns? The discussion was productive and allowed us to draw up a plan. Her main goals consisted of a strong and solid estate plan, which included managing estate taxes and liquidity, making sure her money was effectively distributed according to her wishes after she passed away, and her immediate concern of creating a stream of income that she could live off of. We created a plan for her around organizing her life according to her immediate liquidity and income needs, future needs, and needs that be extended beyond her lifetime. She requested that we keep the portfolio very basic, and we drew on UBS's chief investment office's blueprint for investing cash proceeds in the current market environment. We created a portfolio that would fund her basic income needs using a money market fund and a laddered bond portfolio. We aligned the bond maturities along with her income needs and created an emergency fund for her. We also added a diversified, high-quality allocation to stocks for potential future growth. Along the way, we educated her on how the portfolio would change now that we managed a significant portion of family wealth that was once in the business. The result was an income stream that she could potentially live off in the future alongside the emergency fund we made sure to maintain for her. To recap, some of the ideas we discussed today for your new or existing cash proceeds include using a money market fund to build out an emergency fund for your near-term needs and emergencies. Regarding that emergency fund, please make sure to evaluate why you are holding any cash above your immediate and emergency fund needs because keeping too much cash on the sidelines could be a drop in cash flow from those money market holdings if short-term interest rates drop. Holding excess cash could also leave you open to the damaging effects from inflation. Consider investing in a laddered bond portfolio for needs that go beyond your emergency needs. Because of the possibility that the equities will outperform both bonds and cash for the next five years, consider equities as part of a balanced portfolio. For needs that go beyond your lifetime, you might consider non-traditional investments that, while may not be as liquid as your other investments, might offer returns that differ from your other investments. That could be useful in a down year. Finally, our research shows that if you're investing in a balanced portfolio, you're better off investing all your cash at once as market timing is difficult, if not impossible. However, if you are experiencing fewer or lumpy deposits or are sensitive to near-term losses, do consider phasing in a stock allocation consistently while speeding up investment after a 5 to 10% market loss. We also think every conversation with your wealth advisor or your family should start with looking at the big picture and asking, what do you want to accomplish in your life? Who are the people that matter most to you? What do you want your legacy to be? What are your main concerns? I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Wealth Planning. For anyone out there who just had a liquidity event, has cash on the sidelines, or who wants to learn more about the strategies mentioned in this week's podcast, please reach out to me at 212-713-9281 or email me at lewis.green at ubs.com. 
I'd be happy to share the white paper I mentioned or provide a complimentary consultation. Please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. If you like the material from this week's episode, please consider following this podcast as I plan to produce new episodes on a regular basis. Please also send the name of this podcast to friends, families, and coworkers who might find it useful for them. Have a great day. This podcast is presented for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. It does not constitute an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any specific product or service. UBS does not provide legal or tax advice, and we would recommend listeners to obtain appropriate independent professional advice. Some of the views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS AG or its affiliates. UBS Financial Services Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker dealer. These services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that you understand the ways in which we conduct business and that you carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide about the products and services we offer. For more information, please review Client Relationship Summary provided at ubs.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services is a subsidiary of UBS Group AG and is a member of FINRA and SIPC.